They say markets work a certain way. They say if you want high returns, you have to accept higher risks. Cox Automotive says, you take the upside, we'll take the risk. Introducing Upside by Cox Automotive, the all-new way to wholesale that turns that old wisdom upside down. Visit TakeTheUpside.com to learn more. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, November 18th, 2022. I'm Jake Neer with Automotive News, in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show... A look at how GM plans to save $2,000 per vehicle. Carvana plans to lay off 8% of its workforce. And the Tokyo Auto Show gets revamped as a mobility event. Plus, a conversation with the fixed ops doc about how crucial it is to onboard service advisors the right way to boost customer satisfaction and retention. I believe it's 100% teachable, so much so that I don't typically hire experienced advisors. I hire green pea advisors that don't have any automotive experience, but have good people skills and good communication skills. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. General Motors says it expects to save $2,000 per vehicle by expanding a digital retailing platform and shifting to a regional fulfillment model for electric vehicles. GM President Mark Royce on Thursday provided the figure during the Detroit Automakers Investor Day in New York. The company previously had outlined plans for an online EV sales tool powered by automotive software provider Techion and a regional distribution strategy. Speaking on CNBC on Thursday, CEO Mary Barra talked about GM's expectation that EVs will be profitable by 2025 as the company scales EV capacity in the U.S. to more than a million units per year. Our plan, and we will execute to achieve uh, low to uh, mid-digit margins at that point in time, but I would tell you, with the benefits of IRA, we believe we'll be... uh, on parity with ICE. So we really feel that this is our time. We've got the scale. We've done the localization. This is a culmination of what we've been working on for three plus years, and it's here and it's now. GM says it's raising its automotive free cash flow guidance to between 10 and $11 billion for fiscal year 2022. Its previous guidance was between 7 and $9 billion. Carvana plans to lay off about 1,500 people. That's about 8% of its workforce. According to an internal message, the decision follows a freefall in the company's stock this year and concerns about its long-term trajectory. CNBC, which first reported the layoffs, cited an internal memo that the company faced economic headwinds from higher financing costs and it, quote, failed to accurately predict how this would all play out and the impact it would have on our business. On Thursday, Carvana CEO Ernie Garcia admitted in a video teleconference at Used Car Week in San Diego that, quote, we're not a perfect company. He said that one year ago, it felt like Carvana could do no wrong. But it's a different story these days. Carvana faces a number of headwinds, including the falling price of used cars and trucks, interest rates rising, weakening consumer demand, and license suspensions in multiple states. But Garcia says, Work is underway to get the retailer back on track. Japanese electric motor maker Nidec is planning to invest about $715 million to build a plant in Mexico to make electric car motors. The company expects construction to begin during or after the next business year starting in April. Nidec makes a traction motor for electric vehicles known as e-axle. The Kyoto-based company already produces e-axle in China and Europe. 
And as we bring you news from the LA Auto Show, it looks like the troubled, ever-evolving Tokyo Auto Show is undergoing a major overhaul. It will be renamed the Japan Mobility Show when it returns in 2023. It will come back under a bigger tent that aims to include everything from motorcycles to startups and an array of new participants under an all-industry banner. The Tokyo show used to hum with global debuts, but only four international brands bothered to show up at the last gathering in 2019. Next year, the ailing show aims to attract a million visitors. And those are today's headlines. You know, Kel, it's been really great to hear your coverage this week from a show that doesn't seem to be ailing at all over there in L.A. I'm curious, you know, you and I were at the Detroit show just a couple months ago. And, you know, this is sort of your first look at both. Talk about what's really popped for you as you've seen what's happening in L.A. compared to, you know, what, what we saw in Detroit. Oh, I mean, Jake, it's day and night. I just had a conversation with Jamie about this last night, how, you know, the Detroit show used to be the big show. And now it seems like L.A. might have taken that spot. Um, I mean, you had everything from Subaru that had a full on forest, um, all the activation areas so you could, you know, do all the different test drives. Uh, and of course, where we were broadcasting at yesterday, uh, the Hyundai booth had a gigantic house that was showing how solar power can charge your car. And we were doing the podcast from the porch of this house in the middle of the auto show. So, I mean, just absolutely amazing and extremely impressive. And when I walked in, I looked around in the hall to myself, Jake, and said, I think this is a real deal auto show. <laughs> you guys look pretty cozy there on the porch, I got to say. Uh, I and, and I also got to say, I've got a little L.A. FOMO going on here, but I'm really excited to hear more of the amazing work that you guys have been doing out there. And listeners will be able to hear more of that in the coming weeks here on Daily Drive. Oh, we got a lot coming. Uh, coming up, greeting a customer the proper way ensures that a dealership service visit starts out right. We'll hear from the man who calls himself the Fix Ops Doc next on Daily Drive. Some dealers say it's not worth taking a trade they won't retail. They say if it doesn't fit their brand, they'd rather pass. Cox Automotive says now you can easily see the profit in any trade and never risk losing that new customer. Introducing Upside by Cox Automotive, the only way to wholesale that turns that old wisdom upside down. Every vehicle you place in the Upside digital auction is backed by our guaranteed minimum price, so you never risk a loss. And when a vehicle sells for more than our guarantee, you keep the lion's share of the Upside. It's a one-of-a-kind auction that gives you an alternative to accepting wholesale losses. And it's built on the principles of the country's top performing wholesale sellers, so your vehicles have the best possible chance to get bids and get bought. Dealers taking advantage of Upside's game-changing policies are already saying yes to more trades and making more money, all while never risking a loss. Sound too good to be true? Visit TakeTheUpside.com now to learn more. Slate Money is a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the world of business and finance. Hosted by Felix Salmon, Elizabeth Spires, and me, Emily Peck. Confused by crypto? Can't keep up with the metaverse? Wondering why the price of just about everything keeps rising? The Slate Money Podcast is here for you. Listen to Slate Money every Saturday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer with Kellen Walker. 
How a rep greets a customer in the service lane is an important first step in keeping that customer happy and coming back again. But many service advisors are not properly trained in even this most basic process. Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Shine spoke with the fixed ops doc, Michael Barrich, to learn the best way for advisors to greet customers and present the service maintenance menu. Here's their conversation. Michael, thanks for joining me on the Fixed Ops Friday edition of Daily Drive. Thank you for having me, Dan. I'm, I'm excited about being here and talking about fixed ops. It's, it's what I, my passion is. It's what I know. I think I've come full circle uh, with my uh, Fixed Ops podcasting career because I've interviewed the Fixed Ops mastermind, Dave Foy, and the Fixed Ops coach, Mr. Vogel. And now I have you, the Fixed Ops doc. And I think you rank higher because you went to school all those much years, more and more years to get a doctorate and then you can write prescriptions and stuff. So I think, uh, I think you trump them all, but great to have, great to have you on. I agree. They're both very special and, and, uh, very smart guys, integral in the growth and, and, uh, expansion of fixed ops and the importance of what it means to a dealership for, for many, many different reasons. Uh, got a lot of respect and admiration for those two guys. So let's talk a little bit about uh, customer greeting. And uh, I know when you're out and you're visiting dealerships and you're training folks, this is something near and dear to, to you. I'm guessing if a customer comes in, the first thing shouldn't be, what do you want? Um, but how, tell me, kind of walk me through how a proper greeting should go with a customer. Well, what I typically talk about while I'm coaching anybody is just remind everybody that's at the dealership, the fact that their customers outside of the dealership and how do interactions affect their perception of the place they're doing business with. And I think you have to greet customers promptly. I think you need to greet them at their car where they're most comfortable. And then you have to welcome them to the dealership. I think that the automotive industry has done a really good job historically for the last 50 or 60 years of firing customers. Um, that's why retention rates are so dismal across the country from manufacturer to manufacturer. And, and I think that, you know, everybody's heard of one of those proverbial horror stories, whether it was a purchase or service experience that, you know, the, the automotive dealer is the big bad wolf. And actually, we're not. We're good, caring, honest people that work from a place of moral influence, right? And so when you welcome someone to the dealership, if I said, hey, welcome, Dan, how are you today? And you'd probably say, oh, thanks, Mike. Yeah. So I, I essentially haven't done anything for you up until this point, but you've already thanked me for just being polite. And I think that goes a long way to kind of breaking the ice and establishing trust and rapport with the customer and, and respect from the customer. And is this something that when you're, looking to hire a service advisor, this is something that you're already looking that is kind of maybe ingrained in them, that's that, that customer service focus, or is this something you can take any person off the street and train them to do this the right way? Well, I think you have to have intentionality. You have to have a servant attitude. You have to have the want to be able to help people. And that's really the business we're in. And so I believe it's 100% teachable, so much so that I don't typically hire experienced advisors. I hire green pea advisors that don't have any automotive experience, but have good people skills and good communication skills. And when you're hiring these new folks, 
how important is onboarding them with, you know, again, the right processes and protocols and practices uh, to make sure that they're doing this right 100% of the time? Well, I think it's one of the most important aspects of the hiring process is doing a proper onboarding. So I'm a big fan of performing orientation training for all new hires in the dealership, whether it's a porter, a parts guy, a service advisor, a parts manager, a sales manager, a new sales associate. We have to talk about the culture and vision and wants and desires of the store and what our mission is each and every day. And then it's really up to the employee to execute that, right? So when they hear it coming from a guy like me, it's near and dear to the heart because they, they can hear the passion in my voice when I'm talking about the necessity of taking care of customers, right? And that's a broad spectrum painted with a broad brush, but we have to be able to identify what those needs are and, and meet the customer uh, and their expectations. So another step in this kind of, you know, this first process of greeting a customer and, and having them, you know, come into the, into the dealership. It's also about menu pricing and doing that menu presentation. Huh? So first, of all, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you are in favor of menu pricing and, and having a menu there for customers to see. But talk to me a little bit about the, the presentation of the menu and how, again, this is, should be presented in the best way. Well, it's important to understand that we're not in the oil change business. Although it's part of a specific mileage recommendation from the manufacturer, I don't personally know of a manufacturer out there that just suggests getting an oil change. And so when you come in with your vehicle, whether it's got 5,000 or 65,000 miles, the advisor needs to educate you on the importance of what's included in that service. So if you came into me and said, hey, Mike, I'm looking to get the oil changed on my XYZ vehicle, I would say, great, Dan, but according to your vehicle, you're due for a 65,000 mile service. And in addition to the oil change, your vehicle is also due for a tire rotation and brake inspections. So we can prolong the life and wear of your tires, but with the wheels removed from the vehicle, we can get an accurate look at your braking system of both outboard and inboard pads. And we want to make sure we're, we're making sure your vehicle is safe and reliable, dependable for you and your family. What is your guess, you know, given your experience uh, in the dealership world, uh, working there and as a consultant now, that how often are, is this kind of menu presentation done uh, to, to customers? I would say across the board, probably less than 20% of the time religiously, but it should happen 100% of the time religiously. What are some of the reasons you think that it's not done 100% of the time? Well, I think confidence has a lot to do with it. The advisors are, are afraid to sell, and I think they're afraid of rejection. They don't, want to, they don't want to have the customer tell them no, because there's a pride factor in. But in fact, they should, have, um, they should have their sights set on educating every customer 100% of the time that preventative maintenance is cheaper than repairs. And let that be the core of what their speak is to the customer. And my, my opinion, historically, that proves to be very beneficial for, in the long run, to customers as their vehicles get up in mileage and up in age. So if I'm a service manager or service director and I want to kind of make sure that my advisors are doing the proper greeting, are doing the menu presentation all the time, but I don't want to be one of those, you know, lurking managers... Or how, how best should I go about kind of making sure that what I want done is being done? 
Well, myself as a fixed ops director, I don't spend all day in the service drive, but I do spend part of my day in the service drive. And what, what I'm inspecting and looking for are the advisors following the processes that we've developed to provide a higher level of customer satisfaction. And when they deviate from it, then those are what I call coachable, teachable moments. When the employee is done with the transaction with the customer, then I, in turn, can go back and say, hey, by the way, Dan, I see you bypassed this step. Can you share with me why you thought that was beneficial? And typically, they can't ever answer that question, honestly, because they know I'm right. And so shortcuts are created from laziness. And their fear of rejection from the customer, and there should be no shortcuts in the service reception and write-up process. Well, Michael, the, the Fixed Ops Doc, uh, great having you on. A lot of great information for our listeners out there. Thanks for taking the time and being with us today. My pleasure, Dan. Thanks for having me. Michael Barrich, a.k.a. the Fixed Ops Doc, spoke with our own Dan Shine. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jake Neer, and for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. You can get the latest news on fixed ops, manufacturing, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back on Monday for our conversation with Hyundai Global President and COO Jose Munoz from today's Automotive News Congress in L.A. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.